You're listening to the System Samey Podcast, episode number 149. Today, we're going to be talking all about how to qualify and onboard great clients. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jordan Gill, and my business love language is efficiency. Because who doesn't want to sit pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? If your business depends on you, you don't own one. You have a job. We're here to fix that. Now, with over 150 episodes, this is the System Save Me Podcast. Before I dive into this episode, I want to share with you a tool that I'm totally obsessed with, Acuity Scheduling. I've had Acuity for over five years, so we're basically in a common law marriage at this point. Anywho, I'm going to tell you one way I use Acuity to save me time. Do you ever have in-person meetings? I do. And with Dallas being a huge city, picking a place to meet is a freaking chore. But chore no more. Inside of Acuity's intake form feature, I eliminate having to go back and forth at all about locations. I created a drop-down question that asks where they'd like to meet and they get to choose what's most convenient for them between the five different coffee shops or lunch spots that I provide. Then in Acuity's email settings, I just make sure to auto-populate their choice inside of the reminder emails. Really, really easy. If you want to learn more from my free training about how to use Acuity in your business or just start using Acuity today, go to systemsavedme.com slash Acuity for life. That's A-C-U-I-T-Y for life. All right, now back to the show. Hey, y'all. I'm so excited to share this guest with you today. We have multiple people in common, and she is just so lovely. Karin, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing very, very well. So let's go ahead and just start off by having you shoot us a couple of details about you and your business. Okay. So I uh, do smart websites for law firms. So I have a long history of different kinds of design and website business in my past, but it's all kind of niched down to law firms and the legal industry over the last 10, 12 years or so. Um, so I specifically usually do websites and that's um, my kind of entry point with most of the firms. And then mm-hmm. I'll also expand to other kinds of marketing services. Mm, interesting. Very cool. So let's go ahead and dive into the juicy stuff. Okay. So we are going to be talking about client intake, which is something that I'm very passionate about because yeah. like that is, you know, the, your first impression with your potential clients is obviously like your website, for example, as well as social media, all of that. But then how they interact with you as a business owner is a whole nother level of, of impressions. So I'm super excited to hear about what your process is, but first kind of describe what your business was like, maybe before you had like the total like rockstar intake system that you have now. So before I would kind of get on the phone and just have these very weird sort of touchy feely, not strategic (laughs) conversations. And I would ask them like, um, what kind of colors do you like to wear? And all these, you know, kind of woo woo questions where, um, you know, if I was dealing with a different kind of industry, um, especially if I had like, you know, a lot of women entrepreneurs that were younger, that would be one thing, but I'm dealing with lawyers and a lot of, um, you know, professional 
a lot of men who do not feel comfortable talking about colors or design. And so they would, the first impression would be like this weird, discomforting feeling. They didn't really know how to explain what they liked. And they kind of felt like that was what they were hiring me for. So they didn't know why I was asking these weird questions. And it was just, (laughs) it was a bad start. I mean, I felt like, oh, we're getting to know each other. And they were like, no. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And then it would, it would eventually lead into rounds and rounds of revisions where they, you know, I just wasn't quite nailing it. It just didn't, it didn't work. It just didn't work on any level. It just didn't work in the beginning, in the middle or the end. And oftentimes mm. I was kind of just short of shooting darts in, in the dark. And um, sometimes I would get it and sometimes they were happy with the result, but, uh, not, not very, you know, not on a regular basis. Gotcha. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Yeah. The year particular target market, I would imagine just is like, why don't you just create a website? Like the end. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, very, yeah. Not super creative. And, and again, yeah. may have difficulties saying, the colors they like or the styles that they like. So that adds yeah. a whole another element. <laughs> to yeah. Talking thing. about their feelings. And it was yeah. like, you know, they felt like they were in a weird therapy session and it just, <laughs> it was not, it was not good. And, and oftentimes they would get so uncomfortable that they would be like, okay, we looked around and we found a website we like, will you just do this? And, and then mm. I would, you know, kind of have to backpedal and say, okay, no, we're going to do something better for you. And, and then they were like, no, I can't explain what I want. And I don't know what this better thing is. And I, and, and they were losing confidence too. And they were like, I don't, I don't get that. Um, you are even on the right path. I don't know where we're going. I'm just kind of free floating. And what it would end up doing is it would lead down this path to micromanagement that cool. where they tr- thought they were trying to help and they would kind of micromanage with the design and, and then I get really tense when I feel like I'm being micromanaged and it would just like, it would go really negative. Yeah. So then a lot of times they would just kind of disappear and the project would stall. Um, and so, you know, it just, it, it was not, there was, it was bad yeah. <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> all the way around it. Long story short, it was bad. Um, So what was kind of the final straw that drove you to put a process in place? Was there a certain client that just was like, all right, this isn't working? Or was it the culmination of all your clients? Kind of what was that, that moment or that series of moments that had you decide you need to put a system in place? I think it was the, the second. It was more like the combination where I just felt like um, it wasn't quite working. I was getting a lot of the same um, complaints that, you know, they were just getting lost. They didn't quite understand it. And I could get on the phone with them and talk them off the ledge pretty easily. I could say, okay, you know, it's okay to feel uncomfortable during this part. This is part of the design process. It's, you know, it's okay. We're, you know, we have these steps and we'll get to the part where you feel comfortable, where it's, you know, you, it's clear and you can see the end point. So I kept researching it and, um, you know, I, I still, I'd say my process at this point, my systems are probably 98%, but I'm a constantly still like tweaking them. And as I get feedback, um, you know, things change and I am constantly changing. So I'd say it was kind of a continuous growth 
process, not one moment where I woke up like on a Tuesday and said, okay, everything's different. Right. <laughs> it was like, you know, so I found some different, um, a lot of different articles and I was like slowly tweaking. And then I came across a couple good kind of um, learning um, seminar type things that I did that mm-hmm. really were, you know, big improvements. And once I started implementing that stuff, it was like, I even got feedback from clients that, that um, one client was like, my wife is in marketing and she's looked through all your stuff and she wishes she had these kind of systems. I'm like, yes, it was totally worth it. Yes. <laughs> you know? um, so that was kind of, that was the big turning point. Yeah, totally. So walk us through the steps of your client intake process. So I'm assuming you're kind of starting at the moment that they say yes, either on a sales call or press, you know, buy on a, on a page, kind of start there and then walk us through. So actually my, my process starts one step further earlier back because I do a lot of filtering out of clients who, um, exhibit various red flags. (laughs) So one of which is they just can't afford it. And, um, so that's, you know, I'm not going to waste my time with a proposal and get on the phone and whatever, if they don't want to spend, you know, if they don't see the value. And, um, so that's, you know, so what I start with is a kind of questionnaire slash worksheet that Mm -hmm. is, um, I do that in type form and I do that because I think it's very nicely designed and a huge part of my, um, what I'm selling and my strategy is design focused. So the yep. fact that it, it is really nice looking and noticeably different than other just generic looking questionnaires is important to me. Um, so I go through a questionnaire, kind of pre-qualify them, and then I'll set up a phone call. And this is before the proposal, but this is kind of that early um, stage where then we set up a a brief call, which is like 20, 30 minutes, where I go through another set of questions where I'm asking them about their goals, what success looks like, and talking about their budget to make sure that I've got that all set in place before I send the proposal. Because then the proposal comes across and it's what they've already told me. And so it's, there's no surprises. There's no, um, you know, if, if they can't afford me, then I'm not even going to bother sending a proposal. I probably wouldn't have even got on that call. Um, but also the proposal will be in line with what they have told me that they need, not the other way around, not me Mm -hmm. saying, okay, you need X, Y, Z. And they're thinking, no, 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 (laughs) that's not it at all. So um, that has worked really, really well. And so when the proposal comes through, and I have a set of emails that, that um, I do a meeting right, recap right after the phone call before I send the proposal, then I send the proposal, and then I have a set of follow-up emails after the proposal. Um, and they're just reconfirmed, and they're not just obnoxious, like, hey, right. did you get the proposal? I can see that they clicked on it. I can see exactly how much time they spent on my proposal. So I don't need to pretend like I can't. And um, they are establishing my value and establishing that my proposal aligns with what their goals are. So it's not, um, it's not a shot in the dark. It should be a very simple, you said you wanted this. Here's what it is. This is within the budget you said. Here's how you're going to meet your goals. Click here to sign up. And um, so then once they approve the proposal, then 
we, I do a set, uh, I, I do all my projects. I use a combination of base camp and then active campaign where I cool. set out an initial email that just says, okay, we're excited to get started. And then here's the steps because a website project is a big, a big project. I mean, it's a right. lot of work. And so, you know, and a lot of these attorneys have not done it before. If they have, it's maybe one other time. So it's like, okay, here's the first three steps. Let's just do those and get done. And then we'll move on to the rest. Mm. And um, so I keep it really simple. Like, here's how you pay me, <laughs> number one. Yep. And then here's how you get, here's where you're going to see all the rest of the steps in Basecamp. And then here's the stuff that I'm going to need from you. Um, and I let them know this is, you know, my, my terms of agreement are called a mutual agreement because the project is a mutual project. And they have to be committed to working on it or it's not going to work. If they think that I'm just going to, you know, pull a website out of my butt and throw it up on the internet, they should go somewhere else. It's, that's not what they're hiring me for. Um, so they need to recognize that, you know, they are signing up for a chunk of work as well. Yep. Oh, I totally agree. So kind of going back really quick to the budget question, because you do custom yeah. proposals, it, I'm guessing that you have some sort of minimum but like budget in mind yes. that most likely people will at least hit. So then how do you phrase your budget question in your uh, intake, the very, very initial type form that you give them? How are you phrasing the budget question? Is it by range? Is it by actual amounts? How does that work? So in the questionnaire, and this was one of the questions that like in all of these different training courses I did, I was so focused on because it's like, it's so awkward, but getting that right is such yep. so important. Yeah, so in the worksheet, it says, um, tell us about your budget and be mm. honest because mm. we will tell you what we can and can't do for that budget. Um, or if, if we're not a good fit and I, that's not ex the exact wording, but it's something along those lines. So then awesome. I have a minimum budget, which is, I'm sorry, that's, too low. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's yeah. like, you know, I'm going to refer you to someone else or like Squarespace or something. Yeah. Um, and then I have it with like three or four larger ranges. Gotcha. And then, um, so basically any of the larger ranges will work, but that gives me a sense of, it basically gives me a sense of the size of the firm usually because mm. the bigger the firm, the yeah. more stuff they need, the more people they have, all that stuff. Mm. Um, but then in our quest, when I'm talking to them on the phone, what I say is, um, and I, and I script this in my mind because I, it, I always kind of tense up at the moment. Cause I'm like, oh, I hate asking this, but I need it. Yeah. Um, so I just like bite the bullet and I always say, so I say, okay, you indicated your budget is X. Is that something that you have allocated or are you looking for me to determine a scope based on what we've talked about? Mm. So, you know, I give them kind of an A, B answer where I don't just say, okay, tell me what your budget is and this is going to be super awkward. It's more, is this a set, you know, is this set? Do you have, yeah. you know, X amount set aside and you cannot, that cannot be changed or are all these other things you've asked for the sun and the moon and you know, everything that's involved, but you only want to spend $50. Like, do you want me to, which one do you want? <laughs> you <know? Right>. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that makes it pretty, usually they're like, Oh, well, you know, I really want what I've been talking about. So tell me what that's going to cost. Gotcha. Yeah. Because I, 
especially with websites and developers and you know i'm i'm learning this as well is that like i have a budget but i also feel like i'm shooting in the dark when it comes right. to development right because i don't know how much you know time stuff takes and, and exactly. all of that so i like that you have that wiggle room of you know is this a, bu a budget a hard budget and we have to work around that or is this something where you're you actually want me to create scope around it exactly um, so i think that's so sharp especially when again your business type people people don't know how long things take so i think that yeah and really oftentimes we'll get into the middle of something and they're like oh by the way i was yeah. i went out to lunch with a buddy and he was telling me that i need yeah. first of all we need to start over or second of all we need a whole other thing and it's like okay right. that's fine but that is not at all within scope like yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have you're not paying me for that and you know so we got to add that in but um, but yeah, it gives them a little flexibility. It makes it a lot less awkward, but then I, we have that number and it's like, okay, um, when the proposal comes through, as long as it's kind of in that ballpark or if it's in that ballpark and then I have an explanation for some optional add on things, mm. then they're like, okay, well, we talked about that. That's, you know, I was, I was expecting it. This is not like they don't, their eyes don't fall out of their head when they look at it. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I totally agree on that. Uh, having those add-ons is definitely helpful. So then most of your, so the tools you use are Typeform, Basecamp, ActiveCampaign. How do you get on the calls with folks? Is that like telephone? Is do yeah. you use like um, Acuity or, or Calendly or any sort of? I do use Calendly um, okay. and systems wise, I use Calendly. And then I have a receptionist service that is, um, it's called Ruby and they do a lot of work oh. with the legal industry and they're amazing. And yeah. a lot of times they'll kind of pre-set up the call for me um, to make sure that they're there and I'm not going to waste my time. Plus they're super friendly and they make it seem like I have a big office and, and I work out of my house. So, um, totally. so, but typically I'd say almost a hundred percent of the time it's a regular phone call because these law firms are very um, tech not savvy. <laughs> yeah. so, <laughs> I do work with some firms that are in different countries. And so then it would be either Zoom or Skype usually. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's, that's super helpful. So and how big is your team? And then are they at all involved in the client intake process? Or are you the only client facing person on your team? I am the only client facing person because, um, for a lot of reasons, it's, it's, uh, my team is mostly focused on just the administrative side of it or getting the work done. Gotcha. Um, my designers and developers are not in the U.S. and so mm -hmm. I'm not going to have them interface with a client. Yep. Um, and then once in a while, my VA will get on the, um, she's almost always just emailing, but once in a while she'll do, she'll do an outbound call, but it's pretty rare. And usually, I mean, my website and everything is set up where they are really buying into me, my expertise, all the experience I've had working with law firms. So it's yeah. hard for anyone else to kind of um, do that piece of it. Yep, I totally agree. And then also in the intake process, you have, um, you mentioned the proposal and then the yep. mutual agreement and all that sort of stuff, payment. Is that in a piece of software? And if so, yeah. what do you use? I use better proposals. Um, for the proposal, I used to use, I've tried a lot of different things, but, um, they, it works really well. I love that I can see in real time what they're clicking on every single time they open it. I can see that they're opening it and go and see what they're spending time on. And I can tell if they're on the page that talks about pricing, 
um, or mm -hmm. on the my uh, terms page that they're very close. They're just kind of nitpicking the t final, final details. Um, so I use that and then, um, what was the other question? <laughs> oh, um, invoicing and- Invoicing, yeah. yeah. I use uh, Chargeify. So oh. a lot of my, this is kind of a unique one, but a lot of my projects, um, they'll either pay 100% upfront or they divide into three equal installment payments. And it has to be done by credit card through an automated system because- Agree. Um, because so for a million different reasons and that's a whole other conversation but it that has totally transformed my business payment happens automatically every yep. 30 days um and chargeify is the only one i've found there's a difference between a subscription and then an installment installment has like the end date where it's really just like one project right. fee divided and chargeify is the only one that i found that will do that and so um that's where i've set everything up yeah no, that totally makes sense. And then how do you, um, is most of your client communication an email or do you yeah. move on to Slack or, okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, their law firms are not really Slack <laughs> people. So, yep. yeah. so um, we do the emails and the emails get all, you know, routed through Basecamp so that the whole team can see stuff. So that, you know, that's about as tech, tech advanced as we get for that. Um, and then yep. there's still some clients who get worried about and they can't figure out Basecamp, which... I don't quite understand, but you know, <sighs> <they are>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know like Basecamp, Basecamp's got a good setup. So if you can't figure yeah. out Basecamp, that's it's pretty awesome. user-friendly. If you can't figure it out, we got a, we got, you know, uh, we got a problem. <laughs> right. I know. Right. So, well, cool. Yeah. No, that sounds, that's like really cool. And I, I hadn't heard of better proposals and it sounds really interesting. Yeah. How I like much time they're spending on things. Uh, yeah. And then you can get like an electronic signature right in there. You can integrate it with payment systems, but I haven't quite got that set up with Chargeify gotcha. yet. So I just do those separately. Yeah. No, very cool. Nice. Well, I'm going to get into the last few final questions. So what was your best financial investment in business? So I thought about this for a few minutes because um, I was, of course, thinking in terms of systems and things, but I yeah. really think that um, it's been my team. So I've had, I have tried everything under the sun. In yeah. the beginning, I was doing everything myself yeah. and, um, and I had to because in the beginning, I didn't have any money. Um, and then I slowly started adding people here and there. And I learned really quickly that going cheap on the team is where I really suffer. So yeah. um, finding the right people is so, so hard and such a massive project. And um, I actually found my most recent VA when I was like eight months pregnant with my second kid. And oh, I was yeah. so worried about it. And I was like, the, the VA I had before was just not cutting it. I had to double check everything she did. And yeah. I just didn't have the time. I couldn't do that anymore. And it was like, not quite sure what I'm paying you for, but she, and then I just kept justifying it because she was cheap. And so yeah. finally I, I found my uh, most recent VA who is the person we mutually know. And yeah. I was looking through her site and I was like, oh my gosh, if, if this works, this would be a game changer. If she is as good as her website looks yeah. and, you know, granted this was two years ago, she looks even better now, yeah. but you know, if, if this works, I, you know, and so I just kind of bit the bullet and I was like, okay, this is potentially going to be horrible or there's no in between. It's going to be amazing and like a game changer or it's going to be 
really crappy, like right <laughs> when I have a newborn. And right. luckily it was the good. It turned out so, so well. And I was able to take some good time off when right after I had the baby and, oh, um, and she's been amazing. Yeah, uh, same with my development team. Yeah. Yeah. She's been amazing. Um, and she's got a whole team and, and so it's, it's awesome where I can, you know, just kind of, ha I'm constantly looking at things and you know how we all are as entrepreneurs, we're always coming across ideas and I'll send her emails and I'm like, is this crazy? And she's like, no, don't do that. Or yeah. this would be good for you. Or <laughs> So, um, that's been great. And then I found a really good development team that was, you know, similar kind of story. And I was kind of being too cheap on that finally found a good team and you know really at the beginning I was having a hard time because it was a little bit higher it was a lot higher budget and it was a little bit difficult but in yeah. the end the work was so much better that it allowed me to sell at a higher price point and so yeah. it's more than paid for itself um, so short yeah. answer is um, my team yeah I love that yeah I love investing in people like it can be a frustrating process when yeah. <laughs> you're investing in it and you don't get a return on it. But when you do find those people, man, hold on to them because yeah, ugh, yeah. like it's, yeah, it can be the wild west out there. So uh, what was your worst financial investment? Well, I kind of half answered that in the last yeah. answer. So the worst was being too cheap. So, you know, finding people where I was like, oh my gosh, I could do, you know, they can do this for like 50 cents an hour. <laughs> And then, you know, there were times where I had tried out an assistant um, in the Philippines and they, I had told them in the beginning, I don't want you to interface with a client and all. And they did. And it was like <gasps> such a bad, I oh mean, you know, I was potentially going to lose clients and stuff over. It and it was, it was, it was really bad. I mean, not just like, oh, that was a bad email to send. It was like, oh my gosh, that could cost uh, me a lot of money what you just did. Oh, <laughs> so, man. um so yeah, I mean, it's, that's kind of the same, you know, same answer to the same flip side of the same question. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. I get that. So where can people find you online? You have obviously websites and uh, social media, anywhere else that you're out on um, in the interwebs. So my website is Conroy Creative Council. So it's kind of a long one, but um, I'm not going to spell it out. Conroy Creative Council. Yep. And then uh, my Twitter is Karen Conroy at Karen Conroy. Um, I think those are the two main ones that I use to kind of interact the most with, especially with the legal industry. I know yeah. it's a little different than your audience, but um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and that kind of stuff, but that's, you know, not as, not as uh, frequent. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, what's funny though, is actually I do, I've had multiple legal clients and I do have like, I don't know, a lot of lawyers coming to me for like systems and stuff. So oh, cool. That's <laughs> so awesome. oddly enough, yeah, I get a lot of lawyers and financial folks, like financial oh, awesome. planners, coaches, all that stuff. So well, they need it. I mean, they, yeah. I, I feel like the legal industry is so ripe for trying to figure this stuff out in better ways. And I know there's a lot of software out there specifically for, you know, helping to run a law right. firm and stuff, but yeah. um, most lawyers are still, you know, trying to figure it out. And that's not their zone of genius, <laughs> as we it's discussed. It's not. It's not. Yeah, I mean, they are not taught this stuff in law school, how to kind of interact with clients and how to really close a sale. And they don't even like thinking about their law firms in terms of, of being a business, but, you know, they are. And so I think yep. that's the first step. Yep. I totally agree. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Karn, for coming on. And I know people will get tons of value out of this because this is 
This is crucial stuff right here. So thanks so much for being on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to System Safety. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Safety. Don't forget to check out the workflow template shop at systemsamey.com to help you work less and make more.